us today, we have that hope that the anchor holds. I'm grateful today that it does. I have been through some storms in my life, but I have found he has not failed me. And I want you to know that he will not fail you in your life. I do want to rejoice this morning, Brother David. Is it all right for me to, to say, Brother David came this morning just to testify around the altars? The cancer's gone. Amen. We rejoice with him. Come on, don't give him a patty cake. Give him praise. Amen. It's worthy today. We rejoice with him because we know that God has moved. God has answered prayer. And I'm telling you that we are believing God to answer many, many more prayers. I was telling the council this morning as we prayed before we entered into the sanctuary to worship, we were praying and I said, there's so much to pray about. There's not a day that goes by that we can't find something or somebody to pray for. Believing God is going to move in these lives. We rejoice today. I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. Amen. All over this land. And I want us to be a part of it today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 5. I want to share with you from the Word of God. I believe one is what is one of the greatest messages any preacher could preach under the leadership of God's Holy Spirit. I believe it's important. We remember, as Brother Chris said, today homecoming is not just about coming and gathering to eat, but it's about reconnecting with people, reconnecting with lives. Look around at somebody and tell them, I'm glad you're here today. Amen. There's so many out there that are being weathered by the storms of life. Uh, we want them to be able to reconnect with the Lord. Amen. And we want them to be able to reconnect with the church. We believe that God is going to speak to their hearts. So invite them to come, as Brother Chris said. I do want to remind everybody there's going to be plenty of room. I don't want to hear next week, well, I didn't come because there wasn't, going, there wasn't no room to eat. So I wouldn't come. Come on now. Come on and be here in God's house. We'll make room. we got that tent going to be out there. We're going to have food and fellowship. You get to look at this bald-headed preacher eat. I thought y'all would laugh about that. But I guess it looked too funny. Maybe you'll get to look at another bald-headed preacher. <laughs> no, we're looking forward to the fellowship. Looking forward to what God is going to do. Revival reminds me, when I think of revival, I think of uh, coming back to life. Amen. I think of getting up from a position of dormancy. I think of rising from a fallen place when I think of revival when I think of revival I think that revival should be in my heart and in my life the prerequisite for what I'm about to preach today how many are thankful for your salvation Amen. give me praise You know, we, we thank God for a lot of things in life. We thank Him for the blessings of life that we get in this temporal world. 
But I'm thankful for my salvation. And I want everybody to know I'm thankful for it. It's not because I earned it or I deserve it. Amen. It's because of his grace today. Because he loved. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 through 21. Therefore, just as though one man sinned, entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law was in the world, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. But the free gift, somebody shout, thank you, Lord. The free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift of, by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that, I sin, so, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now I know that we've got a lot of folks in this building today who are saved and they profess to be saved. So I'm going to preach this message because God told me to. Amen. Amen. And I struggled throughout the night and the last few days which way to go and God will not let me leave this place today. I want to preach from this thought, why should I be saved? Why should I? be saved. Father, we love you today. We're grateful for the privilege we have to gather in your house and for your presence we feel in this place, to fellowship with one another, but most of all, God, to, to love on you, Lord, and, and to worship you and to praise you. Lord, you've been good to us, not just on Sunday, Lord, but you've been good to us every day of our life. You've been good to us. Father, you've kept us through the nights. We didn't have to wake up, but by your grace we did. Lord, you gave us another day. And so, God, we just ask you, Lord, to work through us by your Holy Spirit. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And God, let your word go forth and let it accomplish what you send it forth to accomplish. You be glorified, and we'll praise you forevermore. Everybody said amen and amen. Why should I be saved? That is the million dollar question for a lot of people in this generation that we're living in today across this great nation and even in other countries where you would find people who need the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. 
to walk up to somebody and just begin to tell them what Christ has done for you sometimes is bewildering to somebody who doesn't understand. Uh, They're living in darkness. They don't understand the grace of God. They don't understand the power of God's love. And they're living in that realm where they need the Lord, but they don't understand the relevancy of it all. So the question from their life would be, why should I be saved? Uh, You can tell me what God's done for you, but can you tell me why I should accept the Lord as my Savior? We begin to read the scripture in Romans and we find that there's a reason for all humanity why we need God's saving grace. Amen. How many is thankful today again for that saving grace of God? The grace that brought you out of a dark place, the grace that brought you out of a a place of indifference, a place of of hopelessness, and you found purpose in in His grace. You found uh, your identity through His grace, through coming into the realm of salvation through Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary by His Spirit. You found... uh, Amen, that God's grace was sufficient for your life. Of all the things you've ever tried, you've never known anything like His grace. Can I tell you that today, uh, that I have lived my life many times, uh, and I look back over my past and I see the times uh, when I was walking apart from God, and I thank God today for His grace because it brought me into the place of purpose in my life. And many today don't understand that purpose. I can tell them uh, why God's been good to me and why God's grace is so sufficient for my life and and, and how that God's grace brought me out of that dark place. And they look at me like uh, uh, they're, they're in a dark place themselves and they don't understand why should I be saved. Uh, Can you tell somebody today why should they be saved? If you can't, then you ought to ask the Lord to help you to be able to tell them why. Amen. We need to be able to articulate the reasons why we see it here in Romans chapter 5 verse 12. We see the things that were spoken through the word of God that indicate to us the truth of where we all in humanity stand in perspective to who God is. God wants us to understand His grace, and in doing that, we've got to understand where we've come from and, and how we fit into the category that we need His grace. And number one, the Bible said that through one man all have come under the condemnation of sin. And many today fail to realize that. They fail to to realize that uh, through one man that all have sinned. They either were not taught that or they were confused about uh, maybe living the good life and and confused that with being redeemed and thinking that their goodness was enough and, and that they rested in the realm of that kind of peace. There's peace in doing good. Amen. There's there's a comfort in doing good. But that comfort cannot match and cannot meet the realm of knowing that you're saved, that you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Goodness is not enough. And many today are living in that goodness. They think, well, just because they they, they love people and they go out and do things for people and they meet the realms of ministry, uh, they give and they go to church and they go through that uh, that process of Christian living, that that's enough. Well, I'm going to tell you today that you can be good, go to church, not go to church still give in society and be a a blessing to society and be the kindest person you ever want to meet. But if you don't know Jesus as Savior, you're not saved. Amen? 
Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 said there's a way that seems right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. And there are many today that are living in the, in the realm of goodness and they think that that goodness is good enough. But we can't be good enough. Amen. We need God's grace. We need his mercy. We need salvation today. We are not good enough uh, even where we're at today. If you don't know the Lord is your Savior, you're not good enough to go to heaven. Amen. We need him today and we need his grace. It's been preached over and over again. Why should I be saved? Many today don't believe in the sovereignty of God. They think it's just a myth, that, that Christianity is a myth, that uh, heaven is a myth, that, that there's no reality of heaven, there's no reality of hell, and they're living their lives in that realm. So how can we help them understand what they need to know in order to know why they should be saved? Many today are trying to wish it away. They're trying to act like it's irrelevant, but it doesn't nullify the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can push it away, but it's still there. You can, you can try to wish it away, but it's still there. The truth of God's word and who he is, is relevant for every generation and will not be destroyed. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but he said, my word will not pass away. Amen. That it would remain intact, that God's word would be the, the, the foundation of everything, our salvation, our hopes, our future today. And the Bible said the truth and the matter is in Romans chapter 3, 23, that all have sinned. Look at somebody around you and say, uh-oh, that means you too. Amen. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We need to be careful as Christians, amen, that we don't walk around with an attitude and forget who we were and forget who God has called us to be. Amen. We need to remember and remind ourselves daily that we have all fallen short of the glory of God and we have all equally as humanity, we are in need of God's grace. I'm, I don't know about you, but I need it every day of my life. I'm saved and I need God's grace every day of my life. I wrote a song several years ago said, I need your grace to run this race. I don't know about you, but I need his grace. His grace is sufficient for me. And without it, I don't know what I do. And I just give him praise today. We need to understand that we were sinners and that God's grace came into our lives. And, and today many have an identity crisis. If you turn on TV, they're, they're going to different places trying to find out who their daddy is. And that's important. Amen. It breaks my heart that a lot of folks don't know who their daddy is. They'll go to Mark Povic and they'll try to figure it out. They'll go to uh, Dr. Phil and Oprah Winfrey trying to figure out who their daddy is. And many people tune in every day to give them the high rating so they can pull out that paper in that envelope to decide who's your daddy. Well, 99% uh, point so-and-so percent, your daddy is so-and-so. And, -so. and uh, sometimes it might be less than that. And in the case of this case, uh, you are not the father or you are the father, whatever the situation may be. But I can tell you there's one thing that we can't avoid. Uh, we all came of the seed of Adam, fallen man. Amen. Uh, that we are born into sin. We have inbred sin in our life that needs to be dealt with and can only be dealt with not by goodness, not by wishing it away, not by acting like it doesn't exist, but by faith in the living God and the Son of God, Jesus Christ today. The blood is the only antidote for the sinful inbred corruption that we have in our life. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
We're all in need of it. Every race, every culture, every nation, everybody, everywhere in your community, amen, in your home today. Everybody needs salvation and we need to be able to articulate unto them where they come from. You don't need to have an identity crisis when it comes to God's saving grace. You need to know, I may not know who my daddy is, but I know who my heavenly father is and I know I came from Adam. I know I came from broken man and I need to understand this, that when I have articulated and come into wisdom of who I am, that God has begun to reveal unto me his saving grace. And this is how I know that I am able to come under his umbrella of grace because I know who I am today. And equally as important to the purpose of eternal hope is the fact that we must know who we are in relation to sin. And the answer to it all is we're of the seed of Abraham. Even Solomon in his wisdom pronounced this truth in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 20. He said, surely there is no righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Look at somebody and smile real big. Amen. God help us. Help us to live in this grace. Rejecting this truth in your life is destructive. When you, when you begin to just push that thought away then you remain bound by sin. You remain in hopelessness. You remain in darkness. And when we understand the truth, we're able to come to a place of decision-making in our life. It's a dangerous place to be when we reject the thought that all have fallen and all have sinned, when we're only a heartbeat away from eternity somewhere. Amen? There's a song a dear friend of ours used to sing, I thank you, God, for a Savior that's just a heartbeat away. Amen. A heartbeat away from standing in God's presence or a heartbeat away from Luke chapter 16, finding out what it was like when the rich man died and he woke up in hell. Amen. The Bible said that there was a man who fared sumptuously every day, a rich man, had everything he ever needed, everything he ever desired in life. He was living it up. He was living the good life. And then yet there was a beggar there that laid uh, there by his table just begging for crumbs. And the word said that the beggar died and the angels came and they escorted him into the presence of God, God into Abraham's bosom. But then also the rich man died and in hell he lifted his eyes. He thought he had everything together. He thought he was living the good life, but he did not reverence God and he did not love, God, love the Lord and he did not uh, uh, articulate a desire for God's grace in his life. And when it was all over, he immediately found himself just a heartbeat away from eternity somewhere. There's no place of surrender when you find yourself in that place that this rich man was. The Bible said there he began to look across the great gulf and he saw Lazarus and he desired that Lazarus would come and just take a little water and dip on his tongue. Oh, but the, the word came to him that, that he could not cross unto him and he said there was no way it was impossible for this to happen. In other words, you're, you're in a place of eternal, uh, eternal uh, uh, transition that will never change. I want to tell you today that if you don't 
Lord made the decision before you die to follow Christ, you're going to wake up in a place that you wished you could reverse. And you'll never be able to reverse it today. There's no way, amen, to God that you'll ever go to hell and then God will deliver you from that hell and bring you to heaven. Amen. You're either going to accept him in this life or you're going to reject him in this life and you're going to find that once that heartbeat, that last heartbeat has happened, that you'll never be able to reverse your decision. Amen. Your eternal destiny will be set and it can't be reversed. This is why we preach the gospel. But rebellion is why the gospel is rejected. Pride, sinful lust, immoral desires all pull fiercely at the heart of humanity to keep them bound. Everybody not realizing that when the heartbeat stops and that last breath is given, and whatever your decision was, that's what it's going to be. And that's why we preach with a fervency. We preach with a great passion because we don't want anybody to go to hell. We don't want anybody to lose out on the grace of God that is needed in their life. I want to tell you that in, in a, a move of God's revival that we desire, it is for the sole purpose of reaping the harvest, not to make us jump. Come on, somebody. It's not to just make us feel goosebumps. And to make us feel good about our religious doings. Amen. It is to raise up an army again to declare unto a lost and dying world that they need the grace of God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you when God's moving, people will respond. When the Spirit of the Lord is moving, people will respond. Yes, you'll have some that will reject. But when there is a revival, when there's a moving of God's hand, as she was singing about earlier, and God begins to move his hand across our lives and revive us, and we rise up and begin to declare the grace of God to a lost and dying world, then we begin to see a revival where people who are in darkness are raised up and brought out of a place of dormancy and given purpose through the grace of Almighty God. I want somebody to understand that we don't have time to sit back while other folks are dying and going to hell. We need to rise up in revival again by the anointing of God and declare unto them that you need Jesus today. You don't need to be a church member as much as you need Jesus. You don't come on somebody. I'm not calling people to church membership before they get heaven. Amen in their heart. Hallelujah. And they become kingdom children. They become connected to the body of Christ. Then they come and join the church. That's a great thing. We need to be revived again because people are lost. Our children are lost. And our families are broken. Divorces running rampant. You got unisex bathrooms in stores. Come on, somebody. That things are going backward. Rainbow everywhere. Amen to God. That means everything to some people, but what God gave it for in the Old Testament when Noah came through by the ark of God's grace. Can somebody understand today that we need revival again in the corridors of society? We need revival. It's broken. The church is the only one that has the answer. And if we're not careful, we're slipping away. Amen. And forgetting the purpose of it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Spirit of God in this place. 
Oh, help us when they're making laws every day and trying to legislate laws every day that are immoral, that are killing babies. I watched a, a YouTube video that a brother had posted yesterday oh, where the Cortez lady, Alexandria Cortez, was, was doing something there. And this lady was saying, oh, I, I'm just so thankful for the Green New Deal. Amen. I'm just so grateful for what's happened there. But you know it's just not enough. We need to start eating babies. While we're sitting at ease in Zion, the devil's working. Amen. While we're happy in our nice cars and our nice homes and food on the table and shoes on our feet, amen, the devil's at work. And he's at work in legislative places. He's at work in political places trying to do everything he can to destroy the narrative of the only hope there is. She said, I'm, I'm just so glad there's a Green New Deal. It's so good, but it's not good enough. I said, in my heart, I begin to think, how sick can you be to think that you need to eat a baby? Amen. You're already killing them in the womb. Now you want to birth them and put them on a plate. Preacher, you shouldn't be preaching like that. We need to wake up and hear the truth. We're too at ease in Zion. Amen. The devil don't stop. He wants to go further and further and further and, and, and demoralize demoral, everybody he can. Amen. Just invest sinful thoughts and, and sinful nature in the most gruesome ways. And we're sitting back there. People need God's grace. We need to understand today we don't have time not to pray. We don't have time not to be true with God. We don't have time, amen, to not desire God's grace in our life. We want God. God to revive us, then we need to deal with our own lives and let God revive us again because people are dying and the devil's working and God's grace is still enough to save whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Touch somebody and tell them God's grace is enough. I come to tell somebody today, amen, that we don't have time to play church. The devil is at work, but God's grace is still enough. He died so that humanity may live and the devil wants to do everything he can to keep the truth of God's grace from becoming relevant in the heart of a lost soul. So you're only a heartbeat away. You don't know when you're going to die. Amen. I've met people that at some point in their life woke up feeling good and before the day was out and they dropped like a sack of taters. God called them home. Amen. Dear friend of mine, one, one day years ago, he was on his way to work. He had just sang at the church there that Sunday. He couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. And I'm not judging him. He would tell you that. He said, my goodness. He said, I can't carry a tune in the bucket, but I feel led to sing this song. And Brother Whaley said, go ahead, sing. He got up there and he couldn't carry a tune in the bucket, but I promise you every note he missed had an anointing on it. I mean, that church turned upside down. People came out of their seats. 
I mean, as soon as he started the anointing and, and the song God gave him, God let him sing it and people filled the altars. People were getting saved. God was touching lives in one man's obedience. No, he couldn't carry a tune in the bucket, but he didn't have to. He just had to do what God said. And I'll never forget just a week or two later, it wasn't long after that, he was on his way to work. And I was on the job and I didn't know it, but I felt the presence of God come on me as I was working there at the station in that plant. Anybody ever just felt the presence of God come on you trying to work and you just felt God touch you? I felt God touch me. I didn't know what was going on and later that evening I got home and my dad called me and said, son, I just wanted to tell you our dear friend had an accident. I said, what do you mean? He said he was on his way to work and it was foggy. And there on I-95, he ran into the back of a semi-trailer. The semi-trailer was stopped in the middle of the road and he was going fast and it killed him. Preacher, we don't need to talk about that. Yes, we do. We need to talk about the elephant in the room. Amen. Death is not... You don't know when you're going to die. I don't know when I'm going to die. All I need to know is this, that I'm a heartbeat away from eternity. And when I know this, and it's a truth in my life, then I am in a position to make a decision that will forever change my now and my future. God chose to provide grace in the place of judgment. Yes, we're of the seed of Abraham. Yes, we've all got sin in our life. But God made a way where there seemed to be no way. When there looked like there was no hope. Amen. Jesus showed up on the scene. The grace of God, he came. Oh, glory to God. While one man's judgment and sin came in. And then by Jesus Christ came grace and justification. Ephesians chapter 2 verse eight through nine said for by grace you have been saved through faith and not that of yourselves look at somebody say you didn't do it it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast the scripture speaks of two components it speaks of grace which is God's gift unto us and then it speaks of faith God chose to provide grace but our faith must be the avenue in which grace comes into our life. Grace knocks on the door, but faith has got to let him in. Amen? Come on, somebody. Just because Jesus died on the cross for humanity does not indicate that salvation is exclusive to everybody just because they exist. Grace cannot come in until faith opens the door. Amen? Faith believes that there is no other hope for our life. In Acts chapter 4 verse 12, there is salvation in none other. For there is none other under the name of given unto heaven where men must be saved but through Jesus Christ. Faith believes that. And then faith also uh, understands the grace of God in Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God bringing salvation to, uh, to man hath appeared. Teaching us that denying ungodliness... 
denying, somebody shout denying, denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That's enough to preach on right there, but I ain't going to do it. I've got to get through this. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. This is the grace that is knocking on the door of those who don't know Christ as Savior. Faith must let that door open up so that God's grace can come into your life. Your only decision of heart away from receiving this grace. Can you come on to the piano, please? Your heart beat away from eternity and you're only a decision of heart away from receiving this grace. Stand with me if you will. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 through 8 said, As the Holy Ghost said, Today if you will hear his voice, <clears throat> and harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. Harden not your heart. Why do I need this grace? Because John 3 verse 3 said, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What, do I must, what must I do, preacher? Every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment. I hope I've established today in this building and to those who are watching that it don't matter who you are, where you came from, we're all sinners. Or we're sinners saved by grace. We are all candidates in need of God's grace in our life. I don't care who you are, where you come from. We're of the seed of fallen man. And through this one man, sin was inbred in our life. And we need God's grace. We need Jesus in our life. Grace is knocking on your door today. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you need to let your faith turn that knob and open up and let him in. How do I do this? Admit you're a sinner. Admit. 1 John 1, 9 said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then once we've admitted our condition as sinners, we, we've got to repent. Lord, I turn from my sin. Jesus preached repentance. Peter preached repentance. Repentance has been preached throughout scriptures in every generation. Luke chapter 13 verse 3 said, except you repent, you shall perish. Repentance is the key to surrender. You can confess to being a sinner. I've heard people say that all the time. Well, I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. But they don't follow through with repentance. Repentance is a turning away. As we just said, denying ungodliness. Turning from sin. 
then believe that Christ died for you. For when you were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. God commendeth his love for us, Romans 5 and 8, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'll tell you, that's, that's the greatest news of your life right there. Receive Christ as your Lord. Confess, repent, believe, and receive. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 through 13 covers it all. When he said that if you'll confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I want to ask you this morning, where do you stand with God? No one's looking around for a moment. I know this is different. But I had, to, I had to give you what God was giving me. Do you know right now, if your heart was to stop beating, or you were to die right now, where would you be? Where would you stand? Because this message God sent to you today, and the sad truth of it is, that not everybody in this building is ready. How do you know that? You're being judgmental. No, the Spirit of God has spoken it to my heart. Somebody in here, God is knocking on your door today. His grace is knocking on your door. And He's saying, don't turn me away. You need to, by faith, open your door, heart's door, and let God's grace come in and save you. Let His Holy Spirit come in and do a cleansing work in you, sanctify you, and fill you with the Holy Ghost. Why should I be saved? It beats the alternative. If you're not saved, you have no hope. It's as simple as that. You can keep living your life, keep going to work, keep making your money, just keep thinking everything's okay. If you don't have peace in your heart today, you need to get to this altar. Because God is speaking to your heart. I don't care if you got to take somebody by the hand. You don't want to come alone. Do what you got to do. But don't turn him away. You may not get to hear another message that God has speak, spoken to your heart concerning your soul. You may not get to, to, to feel what you're feeling right now as the Holy Spirit is wooing you to respond to the call of God. So whatever you do right now, if you don't know the Lord is your Savior, I want you to, if you've got to come with somebody, take them by the hand and make your way to this altar. Behold, He is knocking. His grace is knocking. Let your faith respond right now. Don't be ashamed. 
of God. Don't be ashamed of where you're at. There'll be people that'll pray with you and love you and stand with you. It's not about judging you. It's about knowing that you've made the right decision and that your eternity with God is secure through the cross and through your decision today. Will you do it? Step out from where you're at. If somebody needs to come with you, amen to God, take them by the hand and come and kneel at this altar. Will you do it right now? Will you say? Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me. If you'll make the first one, God, by His Holy Ghost, to give you the strength to make the rest of them. I am and wait to read thy soul. blood can cleanse each spot oh Lamb of God I want you all over the church because I know that sometimes it takes somebody just to step out by faith for others to follow if you're concerned about the lost souls in this church today in this building right now, I want you to step out from where you're at and just come pray that God will move them and move upon them. They'll respond to the Lord. Amen to God. And those of you who, are, who don't know the Lord and your Savior and, and God's speaking to your heart right now, you just come on. You just come on and, and you just trust the Lord. Make that decision you need to make. And let God know you know who you are. You're a sinner. Lord, I want to repent. I want to turn from my sin. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe in your grace. And Lord, I confess you as Lord of my Savior, Savior of my life. Hallelujah. Just as souls, Lord, that are lost and undone without you. Father, if they've made their way today, if they've come today to stand around these altars, Lord, and make that profession of faith, Lord, I pray that they would 
just reach over and take somebody by the hand say where I am pray with me pray with me God I love you today 